Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians chapter 1, 27 through 30, called Making Sense of Suffering. There was one study done of a period within the last 100 years where I think, if I recall this correctly, a Christian was dying every three minutes somewhere in the world simply for professing the Christian faith. And so this reality has permeated the culture throughout time. The West, we've been blessed because there's been a Judeo-Christian foundation in the West. But you know how things have gotten crazy. And of all places... It's gotten whacked out in Canada. James Coates has just co-authored a book with a man named Nathan Businitz. Nathan is a uh, teacher of church history at the Master Seminary, and he's now the vice president of the seminary. And they've co-authored a book called God and Government. And James Coates, pastor in Canada, recounts the story of how he and the elders of their church, I think it's called Grace Life Church, Uh, decided to stay open during uh, COVID because they knew that they needed to minister to their people. And whoever felt comfortable coming, they wanted to keep their doors open during a very, you know, critical time. Well, the Canadian government said, if you have a sanctuary of 500, that's about what this is right here, five, 600 people. They said you could bring in 15% of your sanctuary's capacity. Well, James said that the kind of church we are, we not only all meet together, but we eat together. We spend the whole day fellowshipping fellowshipping together. And he said, what am I going to do? If I tell the church 15% capacity, that means I'm going to have to do about 12 church services on a Sunday morning to try to minister to all the people that God has as part of his family. So they decided through prayer and through agreement, through what we would call civil disobedience, to stay open. Some of you know this story. James Coates, pastor of a church in Canada. Canada is only known for maple syrup, as far as I can recall. Sorry if you're Canadian. They threw him in prison for 35 days. His crime? Keeping his church open during COVID. In Santa Clara County, uh, I've shared this story before, but it's relevant. They find a Calvary Chapel, $1.5 million in fines. And I think the court cases are still going on. Simply because they said, our church is in the middle of town. There's many broken people, many people dealing with fear and depression. We can't close the doors. And they kept them open, fine after fine after fine after fine. Now, those are some modern examples of what the church has faced. But it's, it's faced, obviously, much worse things. And so the idea of conduct comes to the fore. Only, says Paul, the idea of the language, this one thing is what you should do. Conduct yourselves worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what you need to do, this one thing. The language literally could be rendered only this thing. It would be as if the sign of the language would be, if I said to you, if I put my one finger up and said, Only this. That's what Paul is saying. This and this alone. Now there will be more, but I have to tell you, in Pastor Michael's mind, this one thing takes me back to a movie called City Slickers. 
Can I get a witness? Anybody else remember the movie City Slickers? So Curly was the guy that was helping them with the, you know, moving the cattle and the whole thing. And he said, you know, he was this cool cowboy and seemed to have total peace and, you know, an outdoorsman. And, and what's the secret of, to life, Curly? This one thing. But then he never told him what it was. So they wanted to know so desperately. And you might remember that Curly is sitting on a rock and he dies with his eyes open. You know, and they don't find out what the one thing was. And one of the great lines in the movie was, well, what did you expect? He ate bacon every day. You just can't do that. (laughs) Anyway. Now, this one thing, brethren, you want to know how to manage, navigate life in a suffering world where Christians sometimes get the brunt of suffering. If you're taking notes, this one thing. Live a life worthy of the gospel of Christ or conduct yourself worthy. The word for conduct is a word, it has the idea of a city-state, the behavior of a citizen. Uh, the, the polis was the city-state, P-O-L-I-S, kind of the root idea of political. But in the Greco-Roman world, you had city-states and the people were very proud of citizenship. As the world moved from Greek domination to Roman domination, Rome dominated the world. And they would colonize different parts of the world. And Philippi, where Paul planted this church, was actually a Roman colony. What they would do is retired Roman soldiers would kind of, you know, uh, live their retirement out in a certain colony. But it would literally be a Rome away from Rome. Since Rome dominated so much of the known world, If you were a citizen of Philippi, you were actually a Roman citizen with Roman laws and Roman, you know, uh, whatever the most important things to Rome were. So citizenship was a huge deal. You might remember that Paul uh, says he's a Roman citizen and he can't be beat without a trial. He actually claims his Roman citizenship. So the Roman, uh, the Philippian church receiving this letter probably were all uh, benefits, uh, beneficiaries of this Roman citizenship in the colony, if you will, of Philippi. And Paul, using that idea, says, I want you to be a good citizen. But in this case, not a citizen of Philippi or Rome, but a citizen of the commonwealth of heaven. In fact, in chapter 3, verse 20, if you take a peek ahead, a future study for us, Paul says, Philippians three twenty, our citizenship is in heaven from which also we eagerly wait for a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he talks about how the Lord's going to transform our body and the resurrection is going to lead into this time when he obviously sets up a new kingdom, wipes away all of our tears. And so that's where our citizenship lies. Now, I'm, I'm speaking to a group of uh, American citizens and I think most of you would be American citizens. And you know that it's a huge thing to be an American citizen. It's very important. You know, people who come over here, citizenship is a huge thing for them. And what is true of America with all of its issues and problems is that across the 50 states, we are a constitutional republic. And, we, and though a lot of people are not following the constitution anymore, we know that that was kind of the anchor point of the nation. It was a, the Constitution would dictate the most important things for an American citizen. And they were the obligations of being part of the citizenry. That's what Paul is saying here. As a person that's connected to the commonwealth of the Christian 
family or part of the kingdom of God, you have obligations that go with that citizenship. What are those obligations? That you conduct yourself worthy of the citizen that you are. The rights and the obligations of the kingdom of God are yours to live out, to enjoy the rights and and the beauties of it and to live out the obligations of it. And one of the obligations of that kingdom is to live worthy of the gospel. And simply put, the gospel is Jesus Christ. The good news of Jesus, his death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead, his triumphant ascension back into heaven, his current ministry to the people of God. We proclaim good news, but our call is to be worthy to the king, worthy to the gospel of the king, worthy to the good news, worthy to the ultimate kingdom and his kingship. Thus, Paul says this one thing. I want you to balance the scales. The idea of this word in the original language means balance your walk with your talk or balance your walk with who you are. Live a life worthy of the gospel. The believer belongs to a Christian commonwealth. One writer puts it this way. We have a greater citizenship. Yes, we value our American citizenship, but there's one greater. And he says, grace has made them citizens of a heavenly city. In their far off land, they are, hev- they are a heavenly homeland in miniature. In other words, heaven has come down in the church at Philippi, just like Rome has a colony of Philippi, a Rome away from Rome. Well, heaven is manifest in one sense, wherever we live as believers. Amen? Because we're part of the commonwealth of heaven. So heaven's laws are... are uh, Sphere right here brings heaven down in one sense. Heaven's laws are their laws. Privileges, its privileges. The life worthy of the gospel is an inescapable obligation. It is the essence of the homeland where the lamb standing as though it had been slain, slain forms the focal point of all of life. Close quote. And so this is the call. This one thing, live a life worthy of the gospel of Christ. So how do we do that? Look at the next verse. It says these words. Or look at part B of verse 27. He says, So that whether I come and see you or remain absent, he didn't really know how it was all going to work out, I will hear that you are doing three things in verse 27. Mark them. Standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. I want to hear that you are standing firm, brethren. This is how you walk out a worthy life. In one spirit, with one mind, I take those two together, striving together for the faith of the gospel. This is how you live the life. This is how you walk it out. You stand firm. You are single-minded. You're one in spirit. Some people believe that this is the Holy Spirit being mentioned, but it could be the human spirit here. And then the idea of striving together for the faith of the gospel is one Greek word. And it is a word that speaks of uh, a team approach. It is used in the contending of a team in the athletic arena. Literally, this takes us right in to the gladiator arena. How many of you would put gladiator as a movie in your top five movies? If you haven't, you should repent and return to your first love. Russell Crowe is Maximus, right? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? 
Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a long-time listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. This is how you live the life. This is how you walk it out. You stand firm. You are single-minded. You're one in spirit. Some people believe that this is the Holy Spirit being mentioned, but it could be the human spirit here. And then the idea of striving together for the faith of the gospel is one Greek word. And it is a word that speaks of uh, a team approach It is used in the contending of a team in the athletic arena. Literally, this takes us right in to the gladiator arena. How many of you would put gladiator as a movie in your top five movies? If you haven't, you should repent and return to your first love. (laughs) Russell Crowe is Maximus, right? And he is uh, basically the kingdom, you know, turns on him and he ends up you know, they kill his wife, they kill his child. It's just a, it's a terrible thing that happens to him. And off he goes in exile. But as things unfold, he, he becomes a gladiator. And you remember, he makes his way all the way back to the Roman arena to confront the Caesar of the day. And he's this incredible warrior. And you guys, if you've seen the movie, you know what happens. You know, he, he's this great general and he's, he's uh, led the forces of Rome and victory after victory. But now within the arena, he gathers together these various gladiators. And with his leadership, he's able to stay alive and win the crowd. And if you could win the crowd, it was everything, right? And it's this, this great scene at the end where finally he gets his revenge. And all God's people said, yeah. <laughs> anyway, should we say yeah to that? I don't even know. But <laughs> So scholars would tell you the striving together language takes us all the way back to the gladiator arena. And Paul is basically saying this. If you want to do this one thing, you cannot do it alone. You must be yoked together and he's only talking to a little church at Philippi. He's not talking to all you know, churches in Rome right now, just Philippi. And he says, you guys got to be linked together. You got to be a team. You got to be as one. How many of you are watching March Madness right now? Oh, come on. <laughs> Nobody's watching March Madness right now? College basketball? Put your hand up so I can know I'm not all alone. I knew that your hand was going to be up. Now I will tell you, and this could divide the church. 
I am a diehard UCLA basketball fan. Can I get a witness? Let's take note of those individuals of you revoking membership. So I will tell you, okay, I'm, I'm a sports guy. So when my team is playing for about those two hours, people, they establish a perimeter around Pastor Michael. <laughs> it's a safe distance because when my team is playing, I coach the, you know, through the television and it's intense and I pace sometimes and one time Shane got a video of me, my, my son Shane, and I was being intense during a Pittsburgh Steeler game. And I was talking to the TV, and I could say, I said something like this, sitting in my lazy boy, you gotta be kidding me. And he said, he's filming me, Pastor, there's Pastor Michael Lance right there, Pastor Michael Lance. <laughs> Why do I bring it up? There's a point. So the coach of UCLA is Mick Cronin. He's this little fiery guy. And after the first game, uh, UCLA played uh, a team from Akron. And it was a tough game, and they barely squeaked it out. And they do these post-game interviews, and they were talking to the coach, and the coach said these words. He goes, man, it wasn't our best shooting performance, something like this, but he said, we just gutted it out together. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) just gutted it out. I love stuff like that. And do you know that that is essentially what Paul is saying to the Philippian church? I want you, like the gladiators in arena, to gather together against the opponent and gut it out. Now, I don't think Paul's talking about, you know, digging deep and finding your best stuff in your humanity. No. The Holy Spirit's within all of this. But the idea is that you link arms with other believers and you stand fast. Yesterday, we did a men's conference called Steadfast. This was the main section that I preached on for yesterday. Psalm 112, verses 7 and 8. The NIV reads, He, the steadfast, blessed man, will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is secure. He will have no fear In the end, he will look in triumph on his foes. His heart is upheld, one version says, because he trusts in the Lord. That's the steadfast man. And we were trying to get at a definition of steadfastness yesterday. And here's what I suggested to the the men at the conference. Steadfastness, simply put, is to be immovable. Paul puts it this way, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. He talks about the resurrection and the return of Christ. And he says, brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that not one thing that you do for the Lord is ever in vain. You know what steadfastness is? It's to be immovable. I ain't going anywhere. I know in whom I have believed. It's gutting it out. And if you don't have it one day, and look, we all go up and down as believers. It's other believers saying, I got you today. I will hold up your heart. It's the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit with the triune God. It's the power of Christ, but it's the power of true fellowship. How in the world could that be accomplished through digital means? I believe in digital ministry. 
We have a radio ministry that's in a lot of parts of the country right now. We live stream this church service. But I will tell you this. If you can get into a church, you better be in fellowship. Because fellowship is more than just eating potlucks together. It's standing arm in arm with other believers and saying, we're not moving. We're going to be immovable. We're going to be steadfast. This is actually, uh, this last couple of years, I couldn't have imagined as a pastor I would be faced with these kinds of things in Southern California. But here we are. And we had to make some tough decisions as a leadership of what we were going to do. It was no longer reading stories about this stuff. It was actually, now what are you going to do when you're called to do it? Is it, is it just about Bible studies that you go to? Or do you want to actually live a life where you'll say, I'm not moving? Don McClure tells the story, Calvary Chapel pastor. He said uh, his favorite uh, life verse was Acts 20, 24 in the New King James Version. And Paul is being told by the Holy Spirit that he's going to go to Jerusalem, that chains and you know beatings await him. And he says in the New King James Version, but none of these things move me. And basically says, I'm ready to go to Jerusalem and die for Jesus Christ. And so Don says he would write notes to people, Acts 20, 24, none of these things move me. And then he said he went through a personal crisis And I don't remember where he was, but he said he was walking on the grounds of this property. And I think they had either lost a family member or someone was gravely ill. And he was, you know, doing what we all do. Lord, why? I don't understand. Would you please work? And what's going on? And the Lord spoke to his heart with these words. Is this going to move you? And Don was like, that's not fair. You can't use my verse on me. (laughs) You got all these verses in the Bible and you got to use my verse on me. Because the, the verse, the life verses that we have, we could write them on cards all day long, but do you believe it for you? It's like the guy that shows up at the cleaners and says 24 hour cleaners and he put, he yanking on the door and the lights are out and the business is closed. It's like seven o'clock at night. So he comes back the next day. They're open. And he says, hey, what's the deal? You guys, it says 24-hour cleaners, but you were closed yesterday. And they said, oh, that's just the name of the business. And we're not open 24 hours a day. (laughs) It's just the name. Here's the deal. God is going to ask you to live the verses that you believe. You've been listening to Making Sense of Suffering, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. And that was Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 1, 27 through 30. Hey, if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we'd love to connect with our listeners, and that means you. So you can email or send Pastor Michael and the team here a letter. We love mail. So you can get all the contact information at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. But if you have a pen and you're ready, the email address is contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And here's the snail mail address. You can write us at P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. 
Well, here we are on a Friday. I'd like to invite you to church on Sunday, actually to be the church. The building is not the church. You are the church. And when you're not here, something is missing. That is a part of the body. Now, some of you can't get out. Maybe you have some physical limitations. We get that. But for most of you, going and being part of the church is something that you can do and should be your priority. We are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, brethren. I'm seeing too much of this in the Christian world. It shouldn't be happening. Get plugged into a local body. If you don't have a home fellowship and you enjoy the teaching here, the teaching that you hear is from the pulpit of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. You say, Pastor Michael, where is the church? Right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue, 1009. We're on a great street. It's called Arsenal Way, 1009 Arsenal Way. You can think of the armor of God. We'd love for you to come out, bring your family, bring your friends. Sunday morning services are at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. If you have a Spanish-speaking friend, a family member, we also have a new 1 p.m. Spanish service, our third service on Sundays. 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. are the main services. Information and directions are all available at walkintruth.com. Click on the church tab. That's walkintruth.com. Click on that church tab and we'll see you here to worship the Lord on Sunday. God bless. And remember that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events too. So please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us Monday for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 1, 27 through 30, called Making Sense of Suffering. I'm Mike Massaro, and thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.